Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Driver's Meeting Podcast, presented by Bet Online. Welcome back to the Drivers Meeting Podcast, episode 39. Ahead of us, it's uh, the second week of the break uh, with no NASCAR racing, but we got some motorsport stuff going around as well as the Olympics, of course. I hope everyone's enjoying that. But a quick shout out to our sponsor, Bet Online. Uh, July is underway and it's a great month for sports. And if you're into sports betting, Bet Online is where you should win money today with the NBA Finals ending and the MLB heading into their second half of the season. There's plenty of betting action to get involved in. And if you're a football better, there are tons of futures and props you can wager on as well. Bet Online has all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. So visit the website today or use your mobile device to join or receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. But online, your online sportsbook expert. So as I said, we're in the second week of the break. No NASCAR racing. Um, I know a lot of the drivers and teams have enjoyed it. And we have a great guest here with us uh, today, Chris Wright, who has been getting into the NASCAR scene very uh, often this year, running some trucks and running Xfinity. I mean, how's that been for, for you to kind of transition to that and be kind of have a almost full schedule this year? Um, it's it's nice to have a full schedule. Um I like how many times we race, uh, all the open wheel stuff and sports car stuff is just, you know, maybe six to 10, 12 weeks a year. Um, they do double headers on those weekends, but you know, you are in the car, you know, week after week, but the thing that isn't great for me is the no practice, you know, like, you know, running down turn one at Texas, never seeing a place before is, uh, interesting for sure. Um, but, uh, no, I'm really liking it, you know, on the, on the NASCAR side of things, I just wish we had a little bit more practice so I can, you know, start learning this stuff a little bit better and how to drive. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you've had, uh, you know, your, your truck starts and now your Xfinity starts with, with Sam Hunt Racing. You've done some road courses with them. Uh, I know you had, because you did Road America and you had some practice there. I mean, the, the practice that you've gotten, right, it's been probably very important for you, hasn't it? Yeah, I think like Road America, we had, I think it was a 45-minute session, but I got like, two laps in there or something or three laps. Maybe Tommy Joe could tell you all about that. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> We're better right back uh, to you. <laughs> you know, you, you see practice on the schedule, but is it really practice uh, with all the red flags and all that stuff? But uh, I'm just having fun. Just, you know, trying to see what happens, I guess. Yeah. So Chris, I'm interested because you partnered with Sam Hunt racing over there in the Xfinity side. And this was the first full-time year for them. Ran a partial schedule last year. Yeah. They really stepped up big this year, and you were obviously a big part of that. What were the expectations for them going into the year and, and for you kind of partnering with a new team? Yeah, I mean, you know, I sat down with Sam, and we pretty much told each other that 
we have no expectations. You know, if we just keep making progress, that's all that matters. You know, finish races and just learn, you know, for both of us. And um, that's pretty much how we've kind of looked at this whole year. But, um, you know, I'm hopefully for Watkins, we got to get a good piece. Um, We're hoping for a top 10, but if it doesn't happen, not a big deal. Well, it looks like for me, I mean, obviously competing with you guys each and every week, I probably, to me, it seems like you guys probably exceeded expectations from a competition standpoint, probably from where they were at the beginning of the year. Yeah. I mean, it's, we've definitely had like the shotgun approach um, with, you know, how do we set these cars up for this track or that track? And, you know, we, we've had some minor success. Um, like at, Pro, at uh, Mid-Ohio, we were sixth or something, with five laps to go. And then uh, one of the other drivers took us out. But, uh, you know, a few weeks later, went to Road America and weren't as competitive. But uh, that's just, you know, part of learning, I guess. You know, you, you, I'm sure you know. So you get to the end of these road course races, Chris. Welcome, welcome to NASCAR. It's it's uh, it, it sucks. It feels like it doesn't really matter anything you do. That's the joke that I've made with RJ here. Nothing matters in these road course races until about five to go, and then you just yeah. up and see where you're out of the white flag lap. Yeah, it, yeah, for sure. Yeah, the road course racing um, in NASCAR is just a totally different ball game from what. I expected. I mean, I was, I raced over in, you know, Britain, Europe, everywhere. And, you know, they, all the open wheel guys say, if you run in the UK in formula cars, that's the hardest racing. There's sprint races, 25, 30 minutes, but it's kind of balls to the wall. But when I saw five to go in the NASCAR road course races, I mean, it's another level. Like, no, they don't care. Nobody cares. It's just, you just get there, you know, that's my position to get out of the way, you know, you're in the wall, but, uh, you know, just learning that and just trying to adapt and, uh, you know, not, not necessarily react, but, you know, be proactive in those kind of situations and trying to get the best for me. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely a very steep learning curve this year for me. Yeah. So Chris, tell everybody a little bit about that. Cause I think that's so interesting like your background into where you are now in the NASCAR side of things. Tell everybody a little bit about what you raced before this. Cause I don't think everybody understands everything that you've driven. Yeah. So I started, I started off um, doing the skip barber racing series in 2013, 2014, whatever it was. And then I did some SCCA stuff, but my dream was IndyCar. And uh, I did the Pirelli world challenge at touring cars for 15 and 16 and I also ran in IMSA in a Porsche Cayman in 16. And then 17, I ran USF 2000 Pro Mazda and the IMSA prototype lights. 18, I ran Pro Mazda LMP3 in IMSA, Porsche Career Cup Germany. 19, I did the 24 hours of Daytona in an LMP2 car. I did some testing for some teams over in Europe in 19. And then, uh, I also ran British F3 in 19 and then COVID hit and I was supposed to run uh, FIA F3 in 2020, FIA F3 in 2021. But at this part of the year, I was supposed to be doing some IndyCar testing right now. And uh, COVID kind of screwed it all up. And I was like, I got to stay domestic uh, just because my dad and his business and he comes on my races. So 
you know, I just said, you know, I haven't given, uh, haven't given NASCAR the, a try yet. So uh, I came over here to see what it's all about. And it is a lot of fun. It is everything surrounding the sport, not just the driving, but the camaraderie, the drivers, and just uh, you know, late nights out in Mooresville. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, now that you've said all of that, I can ask you something that I asked James Davison when we had him on the podcast earlier. So he had commented and said that the hardest car he has ever driven in his life, and we're talking about somebody that has driven V8 supercars, Andy car around uh, Indianapolis Motor Speedway, Andy car road course, somebody that's driven a lot of different types of stuff. And he said the hardest race car he's ever driven in his life is an Xfinity car around Mid-Ohio. You've done the same thing. Is that the hardest car you've ever driven? So I was actually thinking about it um, a few weeks ago. I'm like, what is, what's the difference here? Um, it's, it's so hard to really, to, for me to have a good opinion on it because I don't, I don't, I've never sat down in one of these cars and tested and sat there and thought about what I'm doing, trying to get you know everything perfect just because when we go out there, it's racing time. Right. And um, that's definitely, you know, hurting, you know, how I view the cars I'm driving because I don't really get a chance to explore them. But what I, what I feel is I think that there's a million ways to be fast around a track in these cars. I think so. I think you can put 10 different drivers in these cars drive them 10 different ways and you can, uh, they can all be as fast as one another. The downforce, the high downforce stuff, the really finicky stuff, they're really easy to drive until they're not. Um, you know, it's just one twitch of the wheel in, a, in turn one at Mid-Ohio or whatever corner it is. One twitch of the wheel would, you know, be the difference between first and sixth place in British F3 or something. So they're, they're really on the edge. And if you screw up one little time, you can see that. In the NASCAR stuff, I think you can, you can kind of cover up your mistakes just by, you know, curb hopping or, you know, cutting the course a little bit because nothing really upsets these cars that much. Um, because, I mean, like I can't – I can only imagine that none of those guys at uh, Road America or – the cup guys at Coda did the perfect lap. I can't, I, I can't see that happening just because there's so much stuff going on with the cars. I mean, you're sliding in every corner, you know, and you can't slide, you know, millimeter perfect every single time. So that, that's, that's where I think is the difference. I think that you need to understand these cars a lot more. Um, but I think you can definitely, sort of cover up your mistakes because there's just so much going on. It's not a perfect game. This is definitely not a perfect game to do a fast lap in one of these around the road course. But So, so Chris, I, I want to touch on something real quick. So you, when you're over there and you're racing these cars in Europe, like you're over here with us now, right? Yeah. You're one of the guys in NASCAR. Like you're racing domestically, like you said. When you're over there in Europe, and you're the American that's over there in Europe and you're racing in those cars. That's like fish out of water stuff. And I just want to understand what the dynamic was like for you. Did you feel added pressure? What, what was the atmosphere like around you? How were you treated? 
and how did you feel like you got raced? Yeah, so it's um, it's very interesting you ask that question. <laughs> um, being an American over there, it never really, I'd say it added a little pressure, not much. It didn't change the way I drove or anything. Um, but that's where I really, it, I learned a lot over in Europe. I mean, that's where the road course racing like was born. And um, it was, it was really great experience over there, but how people raced me, how the team guys looked at me is, it's just different, very different. Um, I wouldn't, if, so, if I was a manager of some young driver and they wanted to say, Hey, I want to go do, you know, German F4, British F3, Italian F3, whatever it is, I'd say, well, I think it's a good idea if you want to get good at racing, but I don't think it's a good idea if you want to go have fun. Um, it's very, very cutthroat. And you are, you are American. You know, it's like being a Yankees fan in Boston or, you know, whatever it is, a Kyle Busch fan at, you know, Chase Elliott's birthday party. You know, it's just one of those things. Yeah. That's uh, I know it's it's very different translating those the racing you know comparing them and stuff like that and one thing that I was thinking of is when you made your initial debut uh, in NASCAR at the truck race at the Daytona Road Course you had raced at the Daytona Road Course before not the uh, not the new thing they added in the, in the final corner but you had raced everything yeah. other than that um, which is brutal by track. the way RJ that that chicane is brutal <laughs> oh, yeah man. so. I, so going into that race, I was really excited about it. Um, I was the fastest on the Chevy Sim. Um, you know, I was with GMS, so I had some good equipment. And I was really excited. I was like, man, we're going to get like top 10. And what ended up happening was I started 26th. And I got up to, I think, 13th or 14th um, coming out of the uh, bus stop going around, you know, turn three, coming to turn four. And I totally forgot that extra corner was there because I've done 5,000 laps there without it. <laughs> and I was like, oh man, this is not good. So I came out of line. And by the way, you're driving a truck. It's not like it stops great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I was probably, I don't know, 50, 60, 70 yards too deep into the corner and uh you know wheel hopped it you know twenty thousand times got it spun around and you know kept went back but um that whole race was like that whole race was like that for me i went from the back to the front back to the front back to the front and then uh on the last lap we ended up we were like i think we were 10 three starting for the green white checkered and then uh one of the other drivers just ran me off the road and I was, I went from 10th to fifth in the first corner and then got shuffled off there. But, uh, I had like 30 more passes in that race than anybody else. <laughs> it was, uh, it was interesting. And, how, and that was probably such a learning experience for you too, because like you've talked about, you got no practice. Like it's I can't, I can't imagine. And I've talked to RJ. We, we've talked to other drivers that have come on the podcast here for me, like I've got over a hundred starts in the Xfinity series, right? It's not a big deal. Rest of fire off at Watkins Glen. Like I've done it a few times and I kind of know what to expect, but for you, who's still in a very much a learning phase of these cars, 
this is really, it's really hard. Like, I think people that are watching on TV, Chris, or some of the crew guys or stuff, when they're looking at somebody like you that's a young driver, the impression immediately is like, oh, well, he's a rookie. He's going to make mistakes. It's like, well, no, he ought to make a lot more mistakes, actually. He's basically doing this for the first time. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, people watching, you know, if they see some of my starts, you know, like at Road America, I think we were going to start like 23rd or something. And I was like, yeah, that's not going to happen. So I fell all the way to the back. And I've done that a bunch of which times. Is, which is smart, by the way. Yeah. It's actually like really mature in the moment. I mean, well, the, the, I mean, it doesn't matter. If you start second or if you start 42nd on the first lap, it doesn't matter. You can start like I think I started 38th at Road America or whatever, 35th at Road America. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't it doesn't matter. I mean, like we started last at mid-Ohio. I got to 12th at the end of the first stage and just kind of hung out there during the second stage. Then I screwed up on pit lane and we were back to 30th for the last stage. We still made it to sixth. You know, it doesn't it doesn't matter where you start. Um and if I know there's a hundred percent chance I'm going to make it through the first lap, that's huge. You know, so that, that's, that's all we're looking at. I mean, we're just, it's a numbers game. It's not that difficult. There's no point of trying to jostle for position in the first five laps of the race. And, and people like to talk about NASCAR racing right now as an idea that like, oh man, stage points and everything, you can race as hard as you can every lap. That's all. It's like a qualifying lap every lap. Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> but also like we talked about here, Chris, what we know on these road courses, it's really just about setting yourself up to be in position. Yeah. What you know is going to be probably that last restart of the race inside 10 laps to go. Yeah. And not having your car torn up and be in a spot where, you know, you can attack and, and kind of be the aggressor. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. You know, one of the things that I saw, I read it, you can, you can lead every single lap of the season, except for the last one and not win the championship. <laughs> Which you know? is a little messed up. I would, I would say. <laughs> like, I don't, I, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. Like, like look at Hendricks right now. I mean, they're doing a really good job of what's going on, but it doesn't matter. You can have the best freaking car, May, June, like IndyCar, Formula One, whatever. And, you know, the series rewards you for doing a really good job. Whenever that may be, maybe they come out with a ruling where they make it illegal or the other teams catch up, whatever, but it doesn't matter, you know? And, you know, it's just like it's like football or basketball or baseball. It doesn't matter what you do in the middle of the season. You make the playoffs great. Well, then you can just hang out for a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're we're going for laps and just bringing the car home. You know, if we're inside the top ten with ten eight laps to go, the gloves are going to come off. We're going to see what we can do. But aside from that, it doesn't matter. I mean, we're not. We're not a JGR. We're not a junior motorsports. We don't have we don't have the big budgets, and we're not. No one's gunning for a championship. No one in my corner, whether it's the O2 team or the 26 team, 
you know, we're all kind of centered around me learning as much as I can because everybody knows how difficult it is. Yeah. Which I think for a guy like you, Chris, who's coming in here and RJ and I've had these conversations on the pod with other drivers too, about somebody like you, who's coming in here, putting yourself in a position to succeed because like when you run for a GMS, the expectation there is, well, we, we ought to be winning the race. Yeah. Whereas for somebody like you, that's probably just not realistic right now. You don't know the cars well enough, but now you get on a team that has good equipment, a good business plan, but realistically you understand like a top 15 is a great day. So it puts you in a position where, you know, if you overachieve, you look like a badass. And if you yeah. struggle, yeah, well, it's a team that's still learning too. Yeah, that's that's exactly what what happened with me. Um, I was supposed to go with GMS this year, and I was like, man, this is not like it. My dad's a Chevy dealer, and there was some sponsorship help there that was really good, and financially, it made a lot of sense. But I was just like, man, this is this is not great. Like, I don't want to be here right now. And um, a few things happened. The deal fell through. And I'm really thankful for that. I mean, I love Tyler Young. I love Sam Hunt. And um, you just feel like it's a better spot for you right now in your career. Oh, my gosh. I, I would hate to be Chase Purdy. That's all I know. You know, yeah. I mean, it, this, like, it, 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 what you're talking about here, Chris, like we're having an open conversation about it. And, and, like, first of all, Chase Purdy is a guy from Mississippi. So, like, from my state. So, I'm rooting for that kid a lot. Yeah. But, of course, there's a lot of pressure when you're over at a winning of a championship-level organization and you feel like you're the guy that's the lowest on the totem pole. Like, yeah. it puts you in a spot where I always ask, okay, what is a better situation? You look like you're struggling on a great team or you look like you're overachieving on a middle-of-the-pack team? Yep. Yeah, I mean – you know, you people look at Chase. Chase is a good driver, but he he doesn't have ten percent of the experience that all these other guys do. Exactly, and it, it's sad that you know people on the outside are going to look at him and say, "Oh, you know, he's not that good." When that's not the case at all, right? You and know, you also value in the experience level that you're talking about here, Chris. Where we're going, okay? There's no practice. Yeah, <laughs> there's no practice ever. And you got a kid coming in here, and you can't get mad at a kid for having the funding and the sponsorship to be able to go be on a championship level team. Like, if you have that option, most people take that option. That's why I think it's really impressive for you, Chris, to look at that from the outside and go, you know what? I can do this. Yeah. But I don't know if this is the best fit for me right now. I feel like I still need to learn before I put myself in a position where I'm in a race winning car every week. Yeah, I mean, and there's no, you know, we're talking about next year, you know, currently, and there's like Tyler is a great guy. He says hi, by the way. Um, awesome. <laughs> hey, hey, back to Tyler. I, I want to be the Tyler Young Motorsports of the Xfinity Series. <laughs> He's my role model. <laughs> um, but, you know, Tyler's one of those guys where, you know, like, let's say this year we have X to spend per week. But next year, let's say we spend X plus 10000 X plus 15000 a week. We can build a much better program around the O2. 
you know, we can get more guys in the shop. We can get engineers. We can do this. We can do that. And it, I think that's a much better way to go about it than just going to a GMS or whatever, at least for me. I mean, if you're, you know, Sheldon Creed or Zane Smith or something, you know, that's per- that's where they should be. They shouldn't be anywhere else. But um, for my program, you know, I got no problem with trying to, you know, help everybody out, you know, help me help Tyler do it, you know, on, in a humble way. That's uh, yeah. the way and, I'm looking and be at a part, Be a part of a team taking the next step exactly. as a feature point on there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah that, and you can't look bad doing it. You know, <laughs> that's, you're, that's you're, something uh, like what you're talking about right there, Chris. It's funny. We're having this conversation here. This is exactly what I talked about with Austin Wayne self, who's somebody that you've raced against now a lot and, yeah. and a kid that drove for my truck series team in 2017 and Austin had uh, driven for his dad. They had kind of started their truck team, yep. moved it over. They had another driver come in. He drove for my team. And I basically told him, like, dude, you can't look bad at my truck. We were running 20th to 25th every week with me in it. How can you look bad? Like, if you if you run 25th, everybody's going to be like, well, yeah, I mean, that's like a 25th place truck. And meanwhile, yeah. if you do better, you're going to look like a badass. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, you know, I mean – where the O2, I think, should be, I think the O2 is a solid 13th to 15th place truck week in, week out. Look, I um, love Tyler Young, Chris. You're being very generous right there. That truck series is tough, dude. It's, that is tough. I think realistically, Tyler's in that 17th to 20th-ish place. Yeah, so I, the fact that you look at it that way, is that's great for Tyler Young. I look at it like, man, you got Thor Sport, you got KVM, you got five GMS trucks out there. I mean, that is a deep field out there in the truck series. Yeah, I mean, it's there's well, how many like four or five GMS trucks, two KBM trucks, Thor Sport trucks, uh, DGR. Tr- I mean, you got the top twenty is pretty long. Thor Sport's there. bringing a fifth truck about half the time now, so it's like yeah. it, that's I mean, a it, tough, it, tough field. It, it's it's really difficult. Um, I'm just going off what my crew chief tells me I should do. So, <laughs> hey, look, mine's selling, selling me the same thing, dude. <laughs> I have to have the same, can win, same meeting, <laughs> same meeting at the competition meeting every week. I'm like, look, guys, realistically, we ought to be 22nd. The fact that we're 14th is badass. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Got to get the confidence up. And I love your schedule, like the way you do it. Like for, on the Xfinity side, you've gotten the road courses with Sam Hunt. And in the truck side, you've been running, you know, the ovals and yep. the other two truck. So I think that's been really cool the way you've been able to run yeah. both kind of in, in two different series and learn that, you know, the dynamic of each. And I mean, you felt like that's really helped kind of you learn both sides of the spectrum. Yeah. I mean, it's like the, the biggest difference aside from driving. NASCAR is way different than anything else. The way drivers talk to each other, the relationship drivers have with teams, you know, all the different parts of a team, you know, crew chief, car chief, mechanic. And like, there's so much different about this game outside of the racetrack than anything else I've done. So seeing, you know, Sam Hunt operation and Tyler Young's is just helping me learn more quicker. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited and really happy we did this year the way we did it. It's awesome. Yeah. I love, Thanks I love a lot for spending a little bit of time with us, Chris. We appreciate you coming on the pod kind of sharing where you're coming from and, and best of luck in the season. I'll be racing your ass off at Watkins Glen. 
I'll see you there. Thank you guys for awesome. having me. Yeah. You'll be there in Xfinity, right? Yeah. I'll be there in Xfinity. Awesome. That's awesome. Can't wait for it, man. Thanks for hopping on. Thanks, guys. To it. All right. Here we go. All right. So we're back. Chris Wright, thanks for coming on the podcast. We'll do a quick little thing here with Tommy Joe before he hops on Sirius XM to talk a little Martins Motorsports. And I know you want to talk a little here, so we'll let you have the floor. Uh, so I we announced today, uh, Michael Carey did an article on tobychristie.com about my intention to run part-time next year. Now, that's something I brought up on the podcast before, yeah. and we made it official uh, today with me stepping back from a full-time schedule, moving into a part-time schedule with a 44 car, and uh, I'm really excited about it. I- I've seen so many people commenting already saying, oh, this is disappointing, and you know, I, I, it sounds good for, for them, and I'm happy for them, but I'm also sad that he's not going to be part full-time. And I understand that. Like, I, I feel that. And I appreciate where everybody's coming from, but I can say wholeheartedly uh, that we're going to make an announcement at the end of next month that I am over the moon excited about. And it's going to absolutely take this team to another level than Tommy Joe Martin's the driver was ever going to be able to take us to. So I'm so thankful for all the partners that have been a part of this uh, for as long as we've been putting this team together. But I understand that the financial strain of this still falls back on the ownership, which is my dad and and Roddy Reese, the co-owner. They're at the backstop. If we don't come up with enough money, they're like, all right, well, I guess we'll have to pay for the engine ourselves. And like, I'm just kind of done with that at 34 years old. Like, we've done it. We have stretched the money as thin as it can be done. We have put together a successful program. Um, and it's a lot of credit to the guys that we have on our crew who are still driving to races who are still having to work extra nights in the shop, who are still having to fly in on a Sunday and work on a Monday after being at the racetrack on a Saturday. Like, I would like to make it a little bit better for everybody at Martins Motorsports, not just me. Not just me be the beneficiary of having a good car, but everybody share in the success that we've been able to, uh, to have this year and we've been able to build on. So I'm really excited about this next part of my career. Um, kind of going back to the part-time stuff that I was doing with, with BJ McLeod and Carl Long. I still think, RJ, that I'm going to wind up running somewhere in that 8 to 12 race range. So it's not going to be like I'm running just hardly any races. Yeah. Like I'm going to run a, a decent amount. Of, I'm going to run like a third of the year probably. So I mean, you're still going to see me in, our, in the 44 car plenty. But by opening that seat up, by, by opening that up for other drivers, I've had so much interest already because people see what we're building over here with this 44 car. And it's so neat to share that excitement for people that are in the midst of their journey and see this as a better destination or somebody that's going to make their first steps at the top three levels with us. Uh, it's just a really cool thing. And I'm really excited about it. Exactly. And I, I thought what Chris Wright said was awesome about him wanting to be at Young's Motorsports and saying, I mean, that was awesome the way, you know, the, the way that you've talked about so many times. And I feel like Martin's Motorsports is a great place for even a, a young driver to go and to prove themselves, you know? So I think that's really cool. And it'll be awesome to see, you know, what announcements come in the, in the next month or so about that. And man, Just yeah, tease it right wait. now. I'm teasing right now, RJ. Teasing. We're going to have a big one at the end of next month. Big one. So big we one. talked about the multiple driver lineup. Uh, two of those drivers have already committed to the team. So realistically, we already have about somewhere around 16 to 20-ish races sold. It kind of depends. We we have some that are set in stone. We have some that are a little more flexible. So I'd like to say that we probably got a little over half the season sold already. And we've already had some other drivers that have reached out and expressed it. 
I think we would potentially have the whole thing sold by September, mid-September. And like, dude, that would be the earliest I've ever had anything done in my life in NASCAR. So the, the idea that we could have that and really be able to build going into the off season with a real solid plan and the funding to make it happen, man, couldn't, couldn't be more excited about it. And uh, really looking forward to being able to share that news with everybody at the end of next month. Awesome. Can't wait. Martin's Motorsports just uh, keep keeping on getting better. I mean, it's going to be, uh, I don't know if it'll be a little weird to be sitting on the pit box, maybe watching your car go around, but I'm sure, I'm sure you'll have some awesome drivers in there taking care of it. Hey, Dan Stillman, my crew chief and buddy Cisco, our uh, competition director, if they think I'm annoying right now, in the driver's seat just wait till i'm sitting on the pit box next to him i'm going to be just needling him the entire time i can't wait i think they wish that i would just stay in the race car uh, but i can't wait to be a part of it yeah they were like oh god he's coming up here <laughs> <laughs> that's not good it's gonna be interesting but man can't wait awesome so i'm glad you guys were able to put that out officially and and hopefully we have some more stuff uh coming up here in the future so i know you got to hop on serious to go talk about it so um by the time all of our viewers are listening to this you have already talked on sirius xm but you're you're on there pretty often so yeah that's good well, look that's more proof that we got a good race team really good race team that's been able to to be a, a launching point for me this year best year that i've ever had in my career and probably the most success that i've ever had most notoriety i've ever had and that's been able to parlay it uh very well uh, with what we've been able to build so uh, the fact that other drivers want to be a part of it yeah of course they do. Uh, clearly, we're, we're doing things the right way over here uh, with the way we're building things. And it says a lot about the people that we brought in. Awesome. That's the goal. Family team. So can't wait. Going to be awesome. And uh, we'll be back right here in the pod. Awesome. So that was Tommy Joe Martins. Ladies and gentlemen, he had to go hop on uh, Sirius XM to go talk about his official announcement. Big day for him. Uh, so really, really interesting podcast we had here. I'll kind of just recap it a little bit. I mean, Chris Wright. I felt like brought some awesome insight. Uh, I mean, that was expected, you know, with his experience in all forms of racing and what he said, that was interesting. I mean, the fact that he had a GMS ride lined up um, and, and it didn't, you know, it kind of fell through, whether that was kind of his decision. It, it kind of seemed like it theirs as well, not getting uh, enough funding, but he, in his mind thought that was a great decision. And for people that have been listening to the podcast for a while and have listened to past episodes, or at least that remember, I mean, we've talked about that before. Tommy Joe has been very outspoken about that. The fact that, you know, if you're a young driver and in Chris Wright's case, it's not like he's a young driver that's been building himself up for NASCAR his whole life. He's been doing so many other things, but he's a young in the NASCAR sense. He's new to NASCAR. And I just think that's really cool uh, that, you know, he wants to go over there and build a Young's Motorsports for again, the driver that he is, you know, it's not just like he's, it's a random dude coming along saying, Hey, no, this is Chris Wright. Uh, you know, many people in the sports car world know him. Um, he has done a lot, you know, in racing. And now he's here with us in NASCAR. We've seen this before with, with James Davison, lots of other folks as well coming over. Jay Buford is running full time in the Xfinity series. Uh, I think it's really cool. The fact um, of where NASCAR is. And, and while it's not maybe the cup series getting all these people, I think the Xfinity series and the truck series are in great spots uh, as far as the talent that we have gotten there. Uh, the team, this, the team building, this is what we want to see. Uh, this is why on this podcast, I love, and I'm, I know Tommy Joe loves it too, because he's in the Xfinity series, but I love talking about and covering the Xfinity series. I try to get as many 
interviews, spotlights with teams and drivers of these uh, that I can, because I want to spotlight them, right? We need to spotlight them. That's what we need. Well, it's maybe not shown on TV. I think NBC does a great job uh, showing these small teams in the Xfinity series, family teams. I mean, highlighting Tommy Joe Martins as well, Brandon Brown, Jeremy Clemens, uh, you name it, BJ McLeod, all these small teams. Uh, I think it's really cool what they do. Um, and, and it just, it should be spotlighted the whole Xfinity dynamic truck dynamic. Um, you know, I love it. I love the future of our sport, uh, in that area. You know, sometimes we talk negatively about the sport a lot. I mean, it's easy to do because when you love a sport so much, you, you want to critique it, you want to make it as perfect as you can. Uh, but I think a real bright spot right now is definitely the Xfinity and trucks. I felt like, I feel like is as, as better as it has been in a long time. Um, you know, and you can talk about the talent of drivers. The truck is a mix. Trucks is a mix sometimes. I mean, it can be pay drivers and it can be guys that are just there real talented and it, it could be pay drivers that are talented, you know? Uh, but that's about finding, you know, you just got to find that out. You know, it's, it's developmental series. It's meant for that. You have your veterans in the truck series as well. You have your veterans in the Xfinity series uh, that are going against those young guns. So I, I just think it's really cool. That's something that I really love that Chris Wright was able to, uh, to, to bring up, to talk about, to share with us. Um, and hopefully you all enjoyed it. So like Tommy Joe Martin said, and he sent it on past podcasts before, but you know, hadn't been official yet that he will step back, uh, you know, on a part-time schedule with, uh, Martin's motorsports, his team, and we'll see what mix of drivers they put on the seat. I'm sure you guys, you guys, now you guys will be in for a treat, uh, that the, the drivers that will be announced for this organization. It's going to be awesome. I know that the partners over there at Martin's motorsports are great. The crew members, uh, everybody over there at Martin's Motorsports. It's just full of awesome people. Uh, and I'm glad that, you know, him, Tommy Joe and the organization are going to take uh, the next step because it couldn't happen to a better team. So those guys are, you know, they're going to take full advantage of it. It's going to be awesome to see, but Hey, we got to finish up this year. I know uh, Tommy Joe, you know, isn't here right now for me to give him a little pep talk, but if, but if he does go back and <laughs> listen over to this part, Hey man, playoffs are coming up. Uh, you know, Tommy Joe Martin sit right there. We got Daytona. Hey, he was in the hunt there season opener got got turned a little bit unfortunate would have been hard to get past austin cindrick there at the end but you know those guys down there alex lebay tommy joe martins landon castle ryan seagull still in the hunt lingering around the xfinity playoffs it's probably going to take a, a nice you know win in these next few races but who knows xfinity series anything can happen it's been a wild year we got a few road courses you know we got michigan we got daytona the big one then Darlington, Richmond, Bristol, and that's playoff time for the Xfinity series. So as I said, at the beginning of this pod, we are in the first week uh, or no, the second week now of the NASCAR break, no race this weekend. But then after this weekend, it's officially time for Watkins Glen race week, all three series at Watkins Glen. Uh, you know, we didn't go there last year, so it's uh, a new race for everybody really uh, for the truck series, for sure. Truck series have not been there, but no practice, no practice for any of the series. So we'll be interested to see. Will Chase Elliott win the cup race? Uh, will he continue his dominance? Will we see Sindrick and Almendinger up front for the Xfinity race? And who knows who's going to win that truck race? Will it be John Hunter Nemechek or will we see some contenders? And it is the playoff cutoff race, which we will have a whole portion uh, of next week's podcast dedicated to that the playoffs for the truck series got a lot of people on the hunt uh possibly going to talk to a few of them that week anyways leading up to that so will be nice we'll have an awesome episode for you guys next week uh we have Corey heim 
coming on the podcast next week. That is scheduled guest. Corey Heim is right now battling for the Arca Series Championship with Ty Gibbs going head-to-head. He's had an outstanding year in the 20 for Venture Eating Motorsports. Corey Heim, great talent, uh, great kid, and he's going to be on here on the show. Uh, and then the week after that, we're looking possibly having Ray Evernam on the show. And if you guys have ever heard of Scott Douglas, voice of Monster Jam, if you were a Monster Jam fanatic like me, uh, you know exactly who Scott Douglas is. He'll be on this show in the next few weeks. So we got an awesome crop of guests for you as we get down into playoff time, uh, and it'll only get better after that. So I can't wait. Not too much to talk about this week uh, as far as we are on just another off week. But the fact that I hope you guys are enjoying the Olympic break. You guys are watching the Olympics. Uh, I know a lot of fun sports are going on, and Hopefully everybody is enjoying this. And, you know, if you're, if you're a fan, I mean, I understand, you know, you love sitting down watching NASCAR every week and I'm, I always love to look at things from a fan perspective. I mean, I am a fan. I'm a NASCAR fan. I shouldn't say that. I'm a, I'm a fan of the sport, but you know, for the teams, this is just a great time for them to rest. I mean, they give their all every week in the shop to go out there and perform for, for everybody watching on TV, everyone going in attendance. And Hey, I mean, you know, how hard would it be? There's no TV slots available right now on NBC networks uh, with these Olympics going on. So it would be hard to squeeze something in. Ratings wouldn't be that good. I know that's a whole bunch of, you know, other stuff, but it is good to have this, this break, this downtime, because we're going to gear up for a bunch of long straight weeks of NASCAR. This is it. This is it until uh, the playoffs to the end of the season. You know, this is the time to sit here, regroup. We talked about this weeks ago. Uh, that this was going to be the stretch before the Olympic break, uh, about 14 races in a row, I think. And here we are. We've hit the break. So going to be awesome when it comes back and, and the pressure is on. Four races left in the Cup Series playoffs. But we will have a whole episode dedicated to that next week. But other than that, uh, enjoy this uh, kind of short version of the podcast. You know, and, hey, it's time to relax. we got some great insight on here, though. I'm glad. Uh, I could take this last part of the podcast kind of monologue a little bit. Uh, and as far as this week, I know I've been looking at things to do potentially with like iRacing. I've hopped on iRacing a few times this week, and I know I want to put an event together for everybody. Uh, I mentioned it kind of on Instagram, kind of hinted at it. So we could do an event, potentially, whatever you guys would want to do, you know, you can throw out suggestions. I'm always open to it. Whether we, you know, run another race at Daytona, Daytona Charity Shootout, I would be perfectly fine with that. Doing another charity event. I mean, that's the only one we've done so far. We've had uh, the one back in April, which was huge, which was awesome. Uh, not this April, last April, if you remember it. I'm sure some of you remember it at least, but that that will be cool. So I hope to get some maybe yeah, some iRacing stuff set up potentially this week, middle next week. Uh, I've been thinking of a few things that might be fun for everybody to tune in and to race in, to compete. So Stay tuned on that. Uh, as far as racing with the ARCA race at Iowa last weekend, uh, Ty Gibbs dominated, got the win. Pretty solid race. But, you know, I still think we need to send the trucks and Xfinity there. I mean, that track is just so cool. It's a short track, but you can run multiple groups. I mean, what what else do you want? You know what I mean? So Sage Karam, IndyCar driver, he is running the Indianapolis road course race for Jordan Anderson Racing. So they continue to bring in the star power and they'll have Sage Camp driving for them at Indy. So that will be cool. Cannot wait for that. But other than that, 
Uh, thank you guys for tuning in to another episode, episode number 39 of the Driver's Meeting Podcast. Episode 40 will be coming up next week. And like I said, we got a nice group of guests for everybody in the next coming week. So that should be fun. So thanks, Chris Wright, for coming on. And hopefully everybody is relaxing and enjoying this Olympic break. And we'll be back next week to preview the playoffs. We'll have Corey Heim on talking about ARCA, maybe his future, maybe some future announcements for Corey Heim. Man, uh, it's only going to get interesting from here down the stretch. We're in that stretch of the NASCAR season. Cup, Xfinity, Trucks. We'll have an awesome episode for you guys next week. So awesome. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thanks to Bet Online for sponsoring the podcast. And we'll see you all next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.